Hi, I'm Dynasty Island, and you're listening to the Dynasty Hot Seat. Yes, yes. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Dynasty Hot Seat, the only Dynasty show out there that is a certified inferno. And today, hey, we got him back. I think this has been like the third time we've been on here, I think. We got Rich at Dynasty Island over on Twitter, if you're not following already, back on the show to talk some 2023 rookies. Rich, how you doing, my friend? Yeah, very good. Thank you for having me on. So, I, I guess my match ball's in, in the post, is it? Third appearance? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Coming out, signed, sealed, the whole lot. Perfect. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing really well. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's uh, it's always a pleasure. Um, love coming on and chatting with you. So so thanks for that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And and thanks, everyone, you know, for, for listening along. And if you are if you are new here over on YouTube, wherever you listen, you know, all of that good stuff, like the liking and subscribing and, and the best. The bell. I'm not. I'm not too fussed for the bell, to be honest, guys. You don't have to click that if you don't want to. But the like and subscribe. That'd be absolutely lovely. Yeah. And the bell is an extra thing if you want to do it. So, thanks for joining. And we're going to get into some chat here about some 2023 rookies with with Rich. And he's going to start it off actually with um, just some general hints and tips actually about about the dynasty process and, and how to do it. Could be linked to rookies. Could be linked to you know you can apply it to other things as well. So, Rich, you got two tips for us today. I think. So, so what do you got for us? Yeah. So I've, I guess you could probably take these tips. For, for startups and kind of general uh, kind of drafting, but I've tried yeah. to make them slightly rookie specific. Um, so my first one is is draft for talent, trade for need. Um, I feel, yeah. feel like I find myself saying this all the time. Um, I think don't try and get too cute when you're, you're looking at a draft board. Don't say, oh, I really need a QB. I'm, I'm going to take a QB, reach up and get a QB here, even though, the values at running back or wide receiver or whatever. I think yeah. take the best player available at all times and then make the necessary moves to, to go and get that need addressed later down the road. Yeah. Never reach up and, and give up value just to go and answer a, a positional need as such. Yeah, I think that's a perfect tip. And that's that's a lot of the times you I was like to say you can't win yourself like a championship in a draft, but you can definitely lose it. And if you're like reaching for players and like looking for, like to fill a position like that, that's that is a way you can quickly kind of lose out on a lot of value. And yeah, I think start things properly by getting the best players available. Definitely. So I love that as a as a first tip. And you got a second tip for us as well. Yeah. So it's it's a fairly simple one. Is is do your research. Um, yeah. Again, this this can be taken to all the fantasy, all of dynasty, but specifically with rookies, don't just rely on at your favorite analyst set of rookie ranks. You know, make sure you understand why they've ranked certain ways, you know, why there's there's players ranked there. It might be that, you know, somebody's running back nine versus they're running back 10. Running back nine might be a really safe kind of plodder that's, you know, yeah. never going to be more than a, a running back three type. But running back 10 might be that boom bust guy that they don't think is going to gonna hit but has the chance. And actually your roster might need that, that kind of boom bust type. So, you know, do the research, find out what the players are, 
chances are if someone's putting out rankings and things like that, they're putting out articles explaining that they're they're producing podcasts, YouTube shows, whatever. Don't just sit and copy a set of rankings. Make sure you're understanding the thought, the process, the players behind those ranks. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And try and yeah, to try and listen to as as many people as possible. I've been doing like a, a weekly kind of show where I'm like getting the ADP of like lots of rookie mock drafts from around like the industry. It's so different. Like it's actually unbelievable. Like the apart from Bijan Robinson, but like the depth of everybody else and like where they're going is like five, six places difference, which you know is huge. It's like the difference between an early and mid or late pick. Like it's huge. Yeah, absolutely. And and don't, you know, don't just take ranks that are out there now as gospel. You know, yeah. this time a year ago, Malik Willis was the 101, Trello yeah. Burks was the 102. Like, yeah. you know, a lot's going to change over the next month. I've, I've seen far too many people go to me, right, so I've got the 103, so that's CJ Stroud. What do you think I should do after that? And it's like, no, yeah, a lot's going to change over the next month. A lot's yeah. going to change in, in three months' time when you're drafting. Don't make those decisions now. Yeah, absolutely agree. And I love those those two tips. And for anyone listening, if you want you know more tips from, from Mitch, make sure you're heading over to the Fantasy Sanctuary on YouTube, by the way, filled with loads of hints and tips. I think you even did like a 10 tips to like win like right away. You've done loads of stuff like that. It's you know, a channel filled with, filled with great stuff. So if you're not already, definitely, definitely head over there for sure. So uh, we're going to we're gonna get into the mock draft now, Rich. That's, that's the real meat of the show. So we'll pull up our, our mock draft board here. Um, 12 rounds, super flex. You're going to make every single pick, all right? And we're just going to go through them just one by one. Some of them we can chat a bit more about. Others we can kind of skip over just depending on how much you want, to, you want to say about them. And we'll start with the 101. Even though it's super flex, the consensus is the 101. Is that the same that you have as well? Yeah, let's, you know, it, it feels ridiculous. Let's not overcomplicate things. You know, he's, he's yeah. a top five pick in one QB startups. He's a first yeah. round pick in super flex startups. I've got him in my rookie model. He's a 99th percentile prospect. Um, so he's the, the best prospect in my model since a uh, second best prospect since 2012. The only player who who's better is Saquon Barkley. And a lot of that is because he was the second overall pick. Yeah. Yeah. So Bijan Robinson definitely getting locked in. Now, What's interesting is actually, I find the most interesting thing about Bijan is actually where is he going to go in the NFL draft? Because he's going to go somewhere and going to be great. But obviously Saquon went so, so high all the way back then. Like, like I don't know, how many years ago was Saquon drafted? Like four five years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, four or five years ago. 2018 draft, I think. Do you think teams have been burned by early pick running backs too often to take Bijan early? Or is someone just going to go, you know, I'm going to take him. Like, will he go in the top 15 even? I think there's potential. I think yeah. that, to me, I think that a, a lot of the talk in the NFL is that running backs are undervalued. Mm. and uh, In terms of overvalued, you should never pay, you should never spend capital on a running back. And, and I agree, I don't think you should ever pay a running back big money. But yeah. to me, I think drafting a running back in the first round, you're getting the, f- the best five years of their career in terms yeah. of their production you're getting that five years to use them and, and then you can kind of discard them. I'd be more against spending 18, 20 million to go and pay Saquon Barkley as a free agent this year than I would be to draft Bijan Robinson in the top 
you know, I'd, I'd feel more comfortable if I can get him in the 20s, but I don't know if he's going to last yeah. that long. So, yeah, I, th- I think that sort of yeah. teens is is his sweet spot this year. Yeah, I think so as well. I'm just I'm slightly terrified he goes to the Eagles because they don't need any more weapons. I'm just a little bit afraid <laughs> that they just go screw it and take him on. But hopefully, I'd be hopefully a little bit, they don't. I, I see people talk about the Eagles as a great landing spot, and I kind of get it because mm. good offensive line, mobile quarterback. But the thing that makes Bijan so incredible is the receiving work. And Jalen Hurts mm. doesn't check the ball down much. So I wouldn't see the Eagles as the best landing spot out there. Yeah, no, I think for actually, yeah, for his fantasy, I would be bad. I'm just you know speaking in broad NFL terms because that would be that would be although actually, for we could talk as well fantasy wise, anything like on that one yard line, he's not getting a carry right because they could just do that impossible to stop moves. So he's maybe he'll eat into his touchdowns as well. I reckon so. that might, I reckon that's going to get outlawed this offseason, so oh. they need, need to come up with a new one. I think that's so rubbish for them, right? Because they're like, it's... you're too good, you're too good at that. It's like everyone else can do it, no, it's no one else can. They never bothered outlawing it QB sneak when Brady was converting 70-80% for the last you know 20 years, but because Jalen Hurts was yeah. doing it, now it gets outlawed. Yeah, exactly. Not not very fair. Pretty chilling. So anyway, well, Bijan definitely a lock in at 1-1 one, one then. So this is kind of where the real draft begins, right? So who who's going in your 102 position? So this, this is probably a little bit chalky. Um, look, Bryce Young is... He's what four inches away from being classed as generational quarterback. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that you know if he's if he's six one six two, I think we're talking about him as Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck. You know, he is mm. incredible in terms of every single aspect of playing the quarterback position. The problem is, yeah. is that you know he's. I think he's probably five nine. He's. Yeah. I, I think he's going to weigh in over two hundred pounds this weekend. Because I think he's to. not gonna he's not gonna do anything at the combine other than weigh in basically, and then he'll <laughs> probably drop fifteen pounds for his pro day when he does all the workouts. But mm. yeah, I he's he's small and he's skinny, and and that's a slight concern. But apart from that, I've got no question marks. Yeah, so so Bryce Young locked in at pick one or two, and for him, what would you say? Like, if you were to separate like one thing about Bryce Young, what do you think is like his best attribute that he has? I think it's it's his brain. I think his mm. ability to read the game post pre pre snap, both pre snap and post snap. Um, I think he thinks the game at an elite level. I was I was reading an article this week that was talking about basically he would come into film session on the Monday with mm. ideas of basically how to break down the defense plays they should be running things like that. Mm. And quite often they'd be incorporated into the game plan that week because he'd spent, you know, he'd finish playing on Saturday and then he'd spend all day Sunday basically breaking down film um, before practice on the Monday. And 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 that, to me, you can see that on the field because yeah. it's it's the closest thing that we've seen to one of those traditional pocket passers in the NFL in college. You know, you don't often see a quarterback being able to make those reads as quickly as he does and and distribute the ball as well as he does. Normally it's a, you know, the defense shows you a look and the quarterback's looking across the sideline going to the coach, right? What what play are we calling now? Are we checking it yeah. or, or what? Whereas, you know, he he's he's fantastic. And the underrated thing about him is that he is an absolute playmaker. You know, yeah. He's not a pocket passer. He can get out of the pocket. He can extend plays. He is great outside of structure. Yes, the size is a concern and 
you know, when you're getting outside the safety of the pocket, does that mean he's going to expose himself to more hits and things like that? But yeah. from a, an intangibles, an arm talent, playing the quarterback position, he's, he's as good a prospect as I've ever watched. It's, it's literally height and weight is, is the only concern, which sounds so ridiculous yeah. when talking about play. Yeah, and, and you're kind of hoping then, you know, for someone that is, you know, intelligence is way up there and is, you know, best attributes that he himself is going to realize, like, I cannot get hit by these guys. Like, I'm not big enough. I'm not, you know, strong enough to take hits from some of these monsters running at me. So he might come up with ways for himself to avoid that. I mean, it does depend where he is. If he goes to the Texans, it's obviously a bit scary because, you know, the quarterbacks can get out there. But, yeah, I think hopefully he'll be smart enough to, to figure it out. So do you think there is... A big gap then between Bryce Young and, and CJ Stroud, who's who's the second quarterback in most people's eyes. He might not be your second quarterback, though. <laughs> I was gonna say maybe maybe my next quarterback might answer that question. Um I I think bro are we talking NFL or fantasy there? Ooh, good question. Let's go fantasy. We're 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 a, we're a dynasty show. Let's go fantasy to start with, and then you can add in some NFL as well. So yeah, I th- I think the question I, I have with Stroud is I think he's the most accurate quarterback of anyone in this class. Yeah. The issue I have is that I don't know how good he is at reading, you know, and, and deciding what's open because yeah, far too often you watch that Ohio State offense and he basically sits back in the pocket and goes, I'm going to stare at this elite wide receiver, wait yeah. for him to get open and then throw him the ball. And yeah. there's no ability for him. I didn't see enough of him going one to two to three. Yeah. I think there's also a question about his ability to create outside of structure. You know, we, we saw it in that Georgia game where he was incredible. Yeah. And, you know, he off, he showed what he could do in that. But but why hasn't he done that for the rest of his career? Why is it a one-game thing? If, yeah. if you told me that's the CJ Stroud that we're going to get week in, week out at the NFL level, then I'd probably be a lot higher on him. But is that the quarterback we're going to get, or is it going to be the rest of his career? Like, I have serious concerns about Stroud enough that he's he's not my one hundred and three. Ooh, I love that. That's a little teaser, right? So then we're going to have to find out who who is the one hundred and three then. So look, at this point, okay, I'm shooting purely for upside. Okay, yeah. I I think that. Bijan is in his area zone. I think that yeah. you can say Bryce Young's in, in his area zone. For me, I think I had concerns about this player because I didn't think that he was going to get the draft capital. I'm now convinced that he's going to be a top ten pick. I wouldn't be. Sh- I'd be shocked now if he fell outside the top seven. But I think Ooh, okay. Anthony Richardson, yeah, is 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 got to be a lock. If if you're telling me that he's a top ten pick in the NFL draft. I know that he's going to get the opportunity to play. Mm-hmm. I have some serious concerns about his mechanics and his footwork. And I think mm-hmm. he's the player I'm most fascinated to watch at the combine this week, because I think he, yeah. if he's tightened up his mechanics and his footwork and it improves his accuracy, I think teams are going to fall in love with him. Yeah. There's, you know, he, he walks in, if he is the quarterback that we hope he could be, he's the only player in this entire draft that I think you could argue you should take at 101 over Bijan Robinson because his ceiling is yeah. higher than anyone else in this draft because his ceiling is quarterback one overall. Yeah. And I yes, 
don't get me wrong, the floor is out of the league in two years. Like there is the widest range of outcomes you could ever believe. It's true. But Bryce Young, Bryce Young's incredible. Bryce Young's amazing. But I don't think Bryce Young's ever going to be a top three to five quarterback in terms of fantasy Mm. because he doesn't have that rushing production. He doesn't have that, you know, elite athleticism. Don't get me wrong, he's a great athlete, but he's not Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson has got, you know, the size, the mobility. He's he's Cam Newton, not as big as Cam Newton, but he's Cam Newton, but fast. Mm. Yeah. And... If he is everything he could be, sky's the limit. Yeah, absolutely. And he's an interesting one. Like, I think you might be right. He might end up going so early that this isn't actually an option for him. But you're almost wanting him to go somewhere where he can sit for a year and, like, learn and improve. Like, he's not going to go there. But someone like the Vikings, right, if he went and like sat behind a Kirk Cousins and like learned the trade and, and improved and, and smoothed out some of the wrinkles in this game, that would be awesome. But if he goes top 10, he's going to play right away. Yeah, I mean, the Lions at six is, makes too much sense. Yeah. You know, he Jared Goff, this is probably his last year with Detroit. I know Detroit fans don't want to admit it, but he's probably on his way out after this year. Yeah. If Jared Goff is the perfect bridge quarterback, he can help keep the Lions competitive, you know, it's it's the Alex Smith final year in Kansas City handing yeah. over to Patrick Mahomes. Now, that's not me saying Randy Richardson's Patrick Mahomes, but yeah. Jared Goff is going to have this offense as probably a top 10 unit this year. Yeah. Now, the Lions can continue to build, continue to be competitive whilst allowing Anthony Richardson that time to sit there and, and grow. And I think that, you know, that makes too much sense. Could the Seahawks do something similar with Geno Smith? You know, are they going to yeah. tag him, draft Richardson? Like, there's... There's teams in the top 10 that it makes too much sense not to. Could the Raiders yeah. do it? You know, Jarrett Stidham, okay, he's not in Jared Goff, you know, Smith range, but, yeah. you know, could could he keep them ticking over for six to 12 games and, until Richardson's ready to take over? I, I think that if you're saying to me, I'm, I'm drafting purely for upside, then Richardson should probably be your one-on-one pick. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if, if I wouldn't be shocked at all if he starts and you know at the end of the year you look at the points tally and Richardson scored way more because quarterbacks score more points, right? If Richardson ended up scoring more points than Bijan Robinson, yeah, oh, a hundred percent. And I think you know you've also got to look at it. Bijan Robinson's career lifespan. We're talking probably what six years in terms of fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Anti Richardson, if he hits, you're talking worst case scenario is what's Cam Newton? He was twenty eleven, so. He was eleven years career, wasn't he? So yeah. you know that's 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 a, a dub, double the lifespan of a, of a running back. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you're right. He's yeah, he's the most fascinating guy to to keep an eye on going forward. Definitely. So Anthony Richards going off at one o three there. So and who's up next at at one o four? One o four. I'm I'm going Jamal Gibbs. Um, yep. I think the problem with he's got is that he's in the same class as B. John Robinson. Yeah. Um, I think he's an elite prospect. He's he's a 90th percentile prospect for me. To give mm-hmm. you some context, uh, that would put him ahead of Kenneth Walker. That would put him ahead of Najee Harris as prospects okay. as they were coming out. Okay. I think he's he's got the potential to sneak into the late first in the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. I think he is 
an incredible receiving back. He is so yeah. smooth with the ball in his hands. Yes, he's not going to be a carry the ball between the tackles 20 times a game, but I've mm-hmm. got very few concerns about him as a prospect. And I think he's going to be a probably dynasty RB1 as, as soon as this time next year, really. Yeah, I think you're right. Like just that receiving alone. Did he end up with over a thousand yards receiving last year? Is that is that like or in his college career, maybe was it? Um but he's a great, great receiving back for, for sure, which is just, you know, if you're playing in PPR, forget about it, right? That's just dynasty gold. Yeah, so he had uh forty four receptions for four hundred and forty four yards and three touchdowns. So I mean, in his career, he was averaging twelve yards a reception, which is you know, that's mad. For a running yeah. back, he must have had a thousand yards at, at, in his college career. That must be the stat I was thinking of. Maybe overall he had a thousand yards or, or yeah, he's about four, yeah. about fourteen hundred times. I think. Nice. That's yeah. For a running back, gotta gotta love that. So Jameer Gibbs locked in at at two at your second running back. Sorry, at one hundred four. Who's coming in at, at one hundred five? So at 105, um, this is probably the guy that that most people would take at one hundred three. It's it's CJ Stroud. Um, yeah. I like him. I think he does a lot of a lot of good. I think he's, you know, said the most accurate quarterback in this draft. I've got some concerns. Yeah. I've got some question marks, but I think he's going to be a. He's the type of player that's probably going to be a very different type of player, but like a Kirk Cousins, where he's just a plug and play QB two. You don't feel great yeah. about having him, but yeah. you know he he just keeps things ticking along, and I think that's probably where where he's going to settle for for the rest of his kind of dynasty career. Yeah. So do you know about about like, you kind of touched on there that you know that he's obviously got awesome, you know, weapons around him. Is there I'm asking you because I know you love like you're into your stats and all of this. I don't know if it exists. Is there like a stat that exists where it's like it's an accurate throw, not like a good catch? Like it's not that he's chucking it to Marvin Harrison and Marvin Harrison can out muscle someone and catch it. Is there like a stat where it's like, no, that was actually a good throw rather than a good catch? Um that's a really good question. Um, I don't, I don't know really. I, I mean, I PFF, I do adjusted, PFF do adjusted completion percentage. I mean, completion yeah. percentage over expectation. That's probably yeah. about as close as you can get to to that in terms of, yeah. you know, it, it's taking what the average quarterback would complete in in those situations, and if he's completing a high, if you know, if he's got a high completion percentage over expectation, yeah. Then, then that you know that's suggesting that he's a more accurate quarterback than average, quite frankly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll have to look into that because yeah, I've been trying to find a start like that. I just can't can't find it anywhere. But yeah, CJ Stride. Yeah, still still a good prospect. And yeah, one of if you're at one hundred five and you got Stride, I'm sure you'd be, you'd be pretty happy with that. And one hundred six. Then who's who's going there? So this is JSN, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Um, yep, yep. I to me anywhere from. 103 to this 106 is one big tier. Um yeah. th- those four prospects, Richardson Gibbs, Jess and Stroud, I could I could pretty much put in any order. They're they're pretty much yeah. interchangeable. Um look, Jess and I th- I think the knock on him is that he's only a slot receiver and he only produced in one year of college. Obviously, he's had you know the hamstring issue that lingered, which which always causes some concerns. But yeah, I think that the the knocks are, are pretty much wrong if i can be brutally honest i think that (laughs) he to me is a prototypical x in terms of the way he runs routes i've got no concerns about him 
transition to that at the next level. I think now he's a different prospect to Justin Jefferson, but we heard the same things about Justin Jefferson. You know, oh, we only played slot in LSU. He's not going to be able to play on the outside in the NFL. I think Smith and Jigba's got the release package, got the route running talent that he's going to be able to play outside at the next level. Mm. Oh, yeah. I think there's a, a question mark about the speed. I think if he can run in the four fours, I think he's the first wide receiver drafted in the NFL draft yeah. and, and should be the yeah. first wide receiver drafted in rookie drafts. If he's running in the four fives, four sixes, then I think that's probably going to knock him. And I think he, he then falls to maybe a second round pick, um, mm. which then, you know, will we'll fall him down in dynasty rookie drafts. Absolutely. But, for me, I've I've got no concerns. I think he's an elite route runner. I think he's an elite separator. He's got great hands. Um, and look, when when you can produce when you're sharing the field, you're a year, a year younger and you're sharing the field yeah. with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, um, you know, you must be doing something right. Yeah, absolutely. And you listen to those guys talk about him and they're just like gushing, talking about Jackson Smith and Jig, but like, no, he's way better than us. And it's like, these are like, that, that's not anything from like an NFL athlete that like these guys are like prideful guys, right? They're always like, you know, on top of the game and they want to be the best for athletes like that to come out and be like, Oh no, I'm nowhere near as good as that guy. That doesn't happen too often. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, you know, they're, I think they're, they're, they're part of it is them being a good, good teammate and talking him up yeah. knowing that, you know, he, he's coming out this year, but like, I, I think, as you said, they don't talk that much, that gushingly about someone if if they don't believe it. Yeah, so absolutely. It seems to be consensus wide receiver one then going up the board. So who's who's coming off at, at 107 for you then? So at 107, this this is probably not a shock, but it's Jordan Addison. Um I think if JSN runs slow, he he's gonna be the the dynasty wide yeah. receiver one. I think yeah. if you Go into watching Jordan Addison. I've I've said this in, in in my rookie guide. If you go into him in a bad mood, you can find stuff that you're not going to like. You know, he's yeah. skinny, he's undersized, he struggles against more physical corners. He had an issue in his freshman year with drops. He's he's basically a complete nothing as a blocker. But if yeah. you go into him in a happy mood, yeah, he's you know a natural route runner. I think he's probably the best if not the second best route runner in this class he can yeah. manipulate defenses with kind of setting up corners subtle changes of pace to create separation he stacks corners with absolute ease which is not an easy skill his body control at both at the catch point enables him to play bigger than his frame you know he is a smaller guy yeah. but he's contested catch numbers are through the roof i think that he he's to me now I, I i'm not a comp guy but i watch him and i just see Deontay johnson i think he's yeah. a guy that is undersized but he's going to be able to play outside he's going to be a guy that can command 100 120 120 targets at the next level easily and he's just really fun to watch um <laughs> so yeah i i'm i'm a big fan i think he's my two he, him and jsn could easily switch and I've sort yeah. of got him in a tier of my own. So I've got, you know, Bijan at one. I've got Young at two. I've then got that tier of four. And then it's Addison yeah. kind of in a tier on his own, just just sat there. Yeah. You know, I was sure you were going to say it's like if you watch him in a bad mood, it's like you'll be in a good mood by the time you finish watching him, right? Because he does, <laughs> yeah, you're right. He is so smooth and like just does 
like he just makes you smile with some of the things that he can do to like these other amazing athletes. Like this guy's just been made a mug. Like by it's so so good. Okay, where are we now? One eight. Let's see who can get locked in at one eight. Then um, yeah. So what am I? The board. Let's just you know quarterback superflex. It's the values there. Don't yeah. particularly like the prospects, but will Levis at this yep. point. The value's too good. I think, you know, he's going to be a top 10. I think he's probably the only other player other than Bryce Young I could see going one-on-one in the NFL draft. Um, I think, look, size, arm strength, it's all there. It's it's just, I've never seen him make a read. I've never seen him, you know, he's the guy. You talk about, there was, I can't remember who it was, so apologies, but there was a, a... a commentator years ago who would say there's three types of quarterbacks. There's the quarterback mm-hmm. who can throw the ball, oh, throw the ball through the keyhole, yeah. who can throw the ball through the the eye of the keyhole, or can throw the ball through the door. And all of this <laughs> is definitely a throw the ball through the door guy because he can't hit yeah. a keyhole to save his life. No, but you know if you're looking for intangibles, if you're looking for you know metrics in terms of height, weight, speed, arm strength. He's yeah. the guy. Um, so, yeah, so at this point, you can't pass up on the quarterback value. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I think as well. That's, that's it. It's like, you know what, there's a chance with him. And, yeah, if a quarterback hits, you're you're laughing, right? So, yeah, there's definitely worth a punt there. And, yeah, he is a guy, right? Whenever I watch, like, his film, like, are you trying to, like, set some kind of record for, like, ball speed? Like, he just launches it every time, like, at full, full speed. And you're hoping that's something that, they might try and coach out of him. It's like if you threw out like ninety percent and like increased that, like the improvement in accuracy would be huge. We just took that little bit off it, I think. But we'll have to wait and see where where he ends up. But yeah, definitely great value at, at one oh eight. So we'll we'll swing round then to one oh nine and and who are you taking here? So I think this is this is the guy that's he's probably been my guy for the last two years. I I think he's. Basically, where I see him in ADP and other people's rankings, I feel like I'm going to end up with a lot of shares of him. And it's it's Keishon Butte. Um, look, you, you don't if, if if you want to see an impressive performance, I think his tape versus Ole Miss in his rookie year is probably yeah. the most impressive game I you can watch of any prospect, and that goes for Bijan Robinson wow. in this draft. Okay, you know, as an 18 year old freshman against. And a, a decent team in the SEC. What was it? Yeah. I think it was ten catches, three hundred yards, three touchdowns. Like it's obscene. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think he's an elite route runner. I think he's incredible with the ball in his hands. I think he's a very, very good athlete that can can operate at all three levels of, of the field. Yeah. Basically, what we're saying is he was incredible as a freshman. He was amazing as a sophomore until he got injured. You know, he was leading the country yeah. in touchdowns before he got injured. He then yeah. had a very weird off-season after his sophomore year where head coach got fired, new head coach comes in, I'm going to leave LSU, I'm going to stay LSU, I'm going to leave LSU, I'm going to stay with LSU. Yeah. He then has a, you know, basically goes missing, didn't perform all year, in and out of the lineup for kind of injuries. He then has this, should we say, interesting uh, off-field incident. Uh, yeah. <laughs> at the, uh, I think it was the SC Championship game. Um, so yeah, look, there, there's some red flags about him. I wouldn't be shocked if the NFL knock him slightly. Look, 
Yeah. I'm old school. I like a bit of diva in my receivers. And I think that he's a guy that he can do it all. And I've got no concerns about him as a player. Uh, mm-hmm. So hopefully he can keep his head on right. And, and he could be a steal at this point. Yeah, he's one. I I keep going between, oh, I'm going to take him because it's an absolute steal to there's too many red flags. I'm scared. And I'm not, yeah. I'm not touching him. I keep going to the two because you're right. He had that. That good, like freshman year when he came out, and then his second year, I think, well, he's nine touchdowns in six games or something like that, right? And then got injured, and then it's just been a bit like last year was just a bit like okay, like all right, but nothing to make you like get excited about him. And obviously, that's a lot of off-field stuff as well, right? And like, how much did he actually really want to be there? And I'm just yeah, at the minute, I'm I'm seeing too many red flags. But next week, I'm going to be like, no, I'm taking this guy. I can't figure him out. Yeah, yeah, no, it's exactly that. Yeah, so he's there at, at 1 9, and then who's coming in at your 110? 110 is it's Josh Downs. Look, I think yeah, explosive, yeah. hyper productive. Yes, stop me if you've heard this before. Smaller frames, slightly skinny, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, caught 72% of his contested catches last year. You normally see oh, wow. anything above 50% is impressive, 72% is outrageous. Uh, yeah. I think he's already an elite level NFL route runner. Um, mm-hmm. Really good agility, creates separation at the cut point, wins early and late in his routes. Um, I think people are basically sleeping on him. And mm. I think that if, if you're coming out late first, early second round with a Josh Downs in your rookie drafts, I think you're going to be very happy because I think he's going to be productive in the NFL for years to come. What um so with Josh Downs that I like everything you said that the only thing I can't quite put my finger on is his um and you'll probably know a lot better than me his his run after the catch so a lot of the times I will see he'll he'll perfectly he'll separate the catch off and then just for I don't know if it's you know the team he's playing against or the, the teammates he has around him but I didn't see a lot of like run after the catch with him. Is that something you'd be worried about with him at the next level, or am I just not watching the right games? No, I, th- I think that that's definitely there. I think that's probably a little bit scheme um, yeah. rather than necessarily him. I don't think he's incredible. You know, he's not Keishon Butte with the ball in his hands. Yeah, but where he was being utilized, no, he wasn't a downfield receiver that was going to pick up a lot of yards after the catch. Yeah, because he was getting those downfield routes and and was kind of open. He, he wasn't, uh, you know, a, a three, four yards screen pass type, get the ball in his hands and, and let him go to work. Yeah. He was operating in the middle of the field and he was operating in that intermediate distance downfield. And, you know, that that in that territory, it's it's hard. It's hard to get yards yeah. off the catch because there's a lot of defenders there. But I think he's 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 a playmaker that is yeah. going to be able to get open. And to me that 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 works and and that's you know i'm yeah. i'm always whenever i'm evaluating players yes i'm slightly analytically led and i'm going to lean on my models and things like that but when i'm watching a receiver the first thing i want to know is root run ability you know can he create separation and, and josh downs can do that easily yeah love it so so josh downs in there at, at pick 10 who's who's coming off the board then at pick 111 so 111, I guess this is this is basically where there's a tough spot because there's a receiver that I don't like that <laughs> I think has fallen, and I'm sure people yep. are screaming at what how's he fallen this far. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then there's two running backs that I absolutely love, but I've got one fairly big concern about each of them. So, um, okay. so I'm going to go with uh, with Devon Chain as the running back. Ooh, yes. Um, look, if if you can operate in the SEC as he has done and put yeah. up the stats that he has done, you're doing something right. But there's no getting away from the fact that he is small, he is skinny, and I don't know if he can carry the ball between tackles. Yeah. But there's rumours that he's going to run a 4-2 at the combine. There's rumours that he's potentially going to break the combine record. If that happens, he's probably going to be a second-round pick. From a production model perspective, he's he's elite. Um, Mm -hmm. You're talking... Best market share touchdowns, he was at 80%. Yards per team rush attempts, he's at 80%. Um, 19-year-old breakout age. Best receiver market share, he's at 74%. Like This is a guy that's like at 85 to 90% in my rookie model. He, he yeah. looks fantastic in terms of ticking all the boxes from an analytical profile. It's just a concern about, is he going to be limited to a role where he gets five to 10 carries and, you know, three or four targets in the game, or yeah. can he be a 10 carry eight touch, eight target approaching mm. that 20 touches a game mark. I'm a little bit concerned that he's basically going after the, the combine record for, for the 40 yard dash, because I think I would have rather he'd have, you know, put on a few pounds and weighed in at one ninety five and, and run a four three, than wade yeah. in at one eighty and run a, a four two. Quite frankly, yeah. No, I'm wondering. I don't know if this is. I didn't verify. I think Garrett Price. He was on last week. He was saying he ha- he has tried to put on a bit of weight and he should come in around like two hundred pounds, which would be okay. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that I think he's he's going to be putting on weight, but when you're yeah. putting on weight, that slows down your forty and. Yeah. There comes a point where if he's saying his his sole purpose at the combine is to try and break the combine record, yeah, that to me says is that he's worrying about his speed rather than necessarily his weight. And yeah, yeah as I said, I'd I'd rather see him come in at two hundred pounds, run a four three, than one hundred eighty five, one hundred eighty pounds, and run like a four two. So yeah. it 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 will be interesting. You know, there's absolutely a world that he could put on some weight. And still be able to run just as fast, but it's it's a it's a question mark, and it's it's going to be really interesting to watch this weekend. Absolutely, I can't I can't wait. That's like the thing I'm looking forward to the most. Actually, is watching him run that forty. I can't wait to see what happens. So he's in there. I pick pick eleven of a first round. So who's going to wrap up the first round for you then? So we're going Quinton Johnson. Um, look, he's he's fallen far lower than I'm sure most people expect in far lower than ADP. Um, mm. I just don't see on film. I just don't see it. I think he can't create separation. I think he's not a natural route runner. Mm -hmm. Yes, he's big. Yes, he's fast. Yes, he's got impressive agility for a player his size. But all I saw watching him was impressive plays. And I've seen people show the, was it the 60-yard touchdown against Michigan in the uh, National Championship semi-final? Um. But like I hate to hate to say this, ninety five percent of players in college would make that play. He basically runs a drag route where the guy like covering him is a safety lined up fifteen yards deep, so he doesn't yeah. create any separation. Catches the ball, 
okay, he makes one guy miss in the open field, and then he runs 50 yards down the sideline and no one catches him. Like, it, it's not an impressive play. And people people keep putting it on Twitter and I keep seeing it on shows and saying that yeah. this is what he can do at the next level. It's, it's not impressive. Like, yes, I think he's 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 a in, really interesting freak athlete in terms of the size and speed, the, the agility for that size and speed. Yes. But this is a guy, had, he had more drops last year than touchdowns. Wow. Like, I just don't see what why people and where people are taking him over Josh Downs, Keishon Booty, Jordan Addison. Mm. Um, I think that... Yeah, I feel like I talk about this every time I do a podcast, but it's, it's the Calvin Johnson theory in terms of people chase Calvin Johnson because yeah. of the size, the speed, the, the athleticism, because he was so incredible for fantasy that he was a complete cheat code. And unfortunately, I think people obsess over oh he's he's big he's fast he's he's an a prototypical x alpha and and they chase the wrong things you know i was two years ago we were having this conversation about who would you rather chase claypool or deontay johnson and the consensus yeah. was chase claypool by a mile and people were like he's an alpha he's an alpha and it's like no he was big he was fast but he can't create separation and that's the reason why deontay johnson you know, the Steelers chose to keep him, the Steelers paid him, and it's the reason why he gets 120 targets a year because he can get open for fun. And and as I said earlier, that's the one attribute that I'm going to keep coming back to with wide receivers is can you create separation? Because I think it's the thing that translates to the NFL better than anything. And yeah, I, I may be wrong on Quinton Johnson, but I have got serious concerns about him being able to create separation at the next level. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm not a big I'm not a big Quentin Johnson guy at all, really. Just I think you're right. If you're gonna look for something, you need to look at like creating separation because that's something that is I think easier to transfer to the NFL rather than, you know, being big, being strong. Because you can kind of keep getting better at that skill, right? You can keep getting better at, at creating separation, but Quentin Johnson, he's not gonna grow another three inches, right? That's he's there. So he can't really get better at what he's good at already, whereas the other guys can keep sharpening those tools over and over again. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense, yeah. Yeah. So we got Quentin Johnson. He's running out the, the first round. And who's going to start off round number two for you then? So it's Zach Charbonnet. Um, yeah. Lots lots to like. I think he's got the yep. best vision of any back in the class. Um, I think he's, he's a good athlete. I don't think he's a burner. But I think he's got enough speed. You know, you rarely see him get caught from behind. I think he, you know, good contact balance. Yep. Competent in the receiving game. You know, he's not an elite receiver. He's he, at UCLA. We saw a lot of checkdowns. We saw a lot of screen passes, things like that. But mm-hmm. natural hands catcher runs a lot of routes. I think he is going to be a potential three down back. Yeah. I, I always want a little bit more. Um, mm. I don't think he's a guy that's going to create huge amounts on his own. He's kind of a take what's blocked for him kind of back. Mm. But when you've got the vision that he has, you know, he gets what's being blocked for him nine times out of 10, which is, you know, that's got value at the next level. Yeah, I, I really like Zach Charbonnet just because what you said, like he does have that potential to be that three down back and, I mean, unlikely he's going to get drafted and immediately be the guy in any NFL team, just the way things are being schemed and the way things are running right now. But, you know, if he goes somewhere and there's an injury, which, you know, there always is an injury, 
I think a team would be happy with Zach Charbonnet just being like a bit of a bell cow back for them. He can kind of do that role in a way that, you know, Devin Achain, who we took earlier, he can't really do that. Um, he doesn't have the build for it, but Zach Charbonnet definitely does. And he could end up, you know, I think he's a better prospect than Damian Pierce, but he can end up being like a Damian Pierce rule where he just ends up with this amazing opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I like Zach Charbonnet there at 2 1. And who's coming in then at 2 2? Uh, so Michael Mayer, um, look, if it was Titan Premium, you'd probably sneak into that back end of that first round. But yeah, look, if, if you were going to build a prototypical white tight end in a lab, yeah. Yeah. I think it's him, pretty much. Yeah. Um, this is a guy that had a 30% targets per route run rate at, at Notre Dame. Like he, He's fantastic. He's got very few question marks. The only question mark I've got is, I think he's a good athlete. I don't know if he's an elite yeah. athlete. I think it's going to be a very important couple of days for him at the Combine. Um, yeah. I've got him as my tight end one. I know a lot of people are getting hyped up and excited about a potential other tight end that we might mention later. Mm-hmm. The reason I, I've got Michael Mayer here is that I think as a rookie, he steps on the field and he he can be on the field 100% of the time. He yeah. is a good enough blocker. He is a good enough receiver route runner that he doesn't have to come off the field. And yeah. I think that you're looking for a rookie at a position that doesn't traditionally hit early. This is a guy that could potentially do that. And I think... You know, whether you're a draft and you spin him off for a profit or, or whether you're a draft and you keep him. But this is a guy that I think is unlikely to bust and is probably yeah. going to be worth more in a year's time than he is whatever you've spent to draft him and acquire him. Yeah, he kind of reminds me in that sense of like whenever Pat Fryermuth come out, right? It's just like this guy's going to play and he's going to be good and he's going to do just fine for you, right? He's not going to disappoint anyone. He might not be, you know, cracking into that, you know, elite tier of tight ends like where Kelsey and Andrews play, but he's definitely gonna do a really good job for you. Yeah. 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 Definitely. So let's let's get Michael Mayer locked in then and I'll move on to pick two three in the second round. So who are we taking here? So it's gonna be Sean Tucker. Um look the guy the yeah. guy's just fast. Okay. We yeah. talked about Devin the chain maybe breaking the foy. This guy is gonna have a sneaky incredible 40. 100-meter yeah. champion high school, 200-meter champion high school. He's got incredible agility. You know, his jump cut is fantastic. Yeah. Um, his vision is is not good. I have serious mm. questions. He misses some open rushing lanes. Yeah, I don't think I saw him make a cutback, basically, at all in college. <laughs> he does like to bounce the ball to the outside. Yeah. Too often. Yeah. Um, I, I have some slight questions about his receiving ability. He's not a natural hands catcher. Mm-hmm. He tries to kind of cradle the ball, use his body too much. But look, this is a guy that I think walks into the NFL as a, you know, if we, we, I know everybody gets obsessed with the Shanahan scheme and things like that. But yeah. if he can be a third, fourth round pick and end up, whether it be, you know, Miami or somewhere like that that runs the Shanahan scheme. Yeah. He could be an absolute steal. Um, because I think that that one cut ability and that top end speed is is unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one one of these guys is gonna to go to Miami probably, right? Or that that scheme and they're gonna rock it up up a board as well, just because of how, you know, 
how amazing the running back does in that in that scheme. And yeah, Tucker's a guy I really like. You're right, you just watch him, you're like, geez, like he's quick. But my my big like question mark with him is for for whatever reason, more than watching like a Charbonnet, I'm like, is he just a really good college player? I'm like, is that definitely gonna like translate over to the NFL? Because you're right, he he kept trying to do that same trick of running to the outside, get to the corner, get to the corner on the outside, like and try and just almost get right to the pylon every time. And I'm like, is that yeah, you're right. The combine's going to be interesting because, like, are you going to be fast enough to do that in the NFL? It's like maybe, but don't don't really know until you see a run. Yeah, the other the other thing to mention with Sean Tucker is he's an absolute kind of model superstar. Um, so yeah, you yeah. know, young breakout age, ninety two percent best receiving market share, eighty one and a half percent yards per team rush attempt, forty yeah. at ninety ninety six percent best market share touchdowns like he was wow. the Syracuse offense so yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he, he from an analytical profile is is very much up there the big question mark is just draft capital you know if he's gonna be a fourth round pick I don't think you can take him earlier than the uh, the early second yeah I think you're spot on there and actually just very quick quick tajak while I'm on the 40 um our our friend Paul Pickin had had a had a good idea, believe it or not. He was saying he wishes everybody would run the forty in their full like uniform, full pads, helmet, the whole lot. I'm like, I kind of like that because that kind of lets you know how fast they're they are with everything on, right? Yeah, I mean it's it's just the way it's been done, isn't it? So then, the reason, yeah. so so here's here's a question for you, Mags, to to flip host chair around. Do you know okay. why they run forty yards? I have no idea. Why is it 40? Yeah. So the reason is, is the guys, the guys that created the idea of the combine. So the 40 yards is supposed to be the maximum distance you will ever run in a straight line on the NFL field. And the reason is, is that back in like the the fifties and sixties, when they created the combine, that was the average distance that a gunner would run on a punt. So that really? that was why a forty yard dash was created, <laughs> and that's. But it shows how like stupid it is that we're running forty yards because, you know, when does a player ever run forty yards in a straight line? Yeah, yeah, it, like yeah, yeah. We all obsess about it. You know, we've talked about it what three, four times so far on this show. Least. Like it's ridiculous. So much I had to have a tangent. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. That's a really good point. I've never actually thought about that at all. So I think as well, part of the reason they don't run in pads is that part of the combine is about not just looking at how fast they are, it's how they move. And yeah, if you're wearing, you know, full pads, if you're wearing shoulders and, and helmets and things like that, you're not able to see that, you know, the shoulder mobility, you're not able to see how fluid the hips are as, as much as when they're yeah. in, you know, essentially underwear. Yeah, exactly. No, okay. So maybe, maybe the the world is okay, and Paul didn't actually have a good idea. Then maybe we're with the world is still fine. Yeah. Um, let's let's move on to pick two four. Then I love you, really, Paul. I know you probably listen. Uh, two four. <laughs> um, who who have you got then at, at two four? So so Zay Flowers is going here. Um, yeah. There's potential that some of the rumours are that he's basically a nailed-on first-round pick. Now, if that's the case, he's going to jump into the first round of rookie drafts. Yeah. I really like him. I think he's an, a, a fantastic route runner. We talked about top two in, in the class. I think Zay Flowers is probably that other one. Um, 
I think he does a lot of things well. Um, you know, he changes his tempo, the subtle body fakes, the setting up defenders, the stacking corners. He's got good hands, good athlete overall. It, I just want to see that one elite thing. And because of the smaller frame, again, yeah. stop me if you've heard this before we received in this I class. Know, right? I think we're, you know, there's, there's going to be people that suggest he's a slot only. And I think that if mm. he's a slot only that, you know, gets manufactured some touches, whether it be on sweeps, on screens, gets the ball in his hands, then I think he could be okay. Mm-hmm. Where he needs to be a kind of a, a fantasy superstar is he needs to be an all-round wide receiver and not just a gadget slot type. Yeah, there is definitely that danger there with, like, yeah, just, just he's like, he's really, like, just quick, isn't he? Not, not like, fa- he's fast, but he's like, seems like quicker than he is fast, and that's kind of an old yeah, saying, but yeah, absolutely. he's like really, like, zippy, right? And I, I love watching him play. I think he'd be a really good player for, for an NFL team, but whether that, you know, translates into, into fantasy points, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. It's, it's kind of maybe going to go one way or the other with him, right? He's either going to be like this, like the way Debo's used almost, right? When he kind of used, get the ball in his hands and hope for the best, or the way LaVisca Chenault is used, right? It's going to be maybe one way or the other. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly that, exactly that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I love, I love Zeph Lawrence, though. And yeah, you're right. I think he'll move up if he's good taken on the first round. So, who are we going then at, at 2-5? So, 2-5, we're going Tajay Spears. Um, yep. I think if you just watched highlights of prospects, I think yeah. you'd probably have Tajay Spears somewhere in your first round. Like, yeah. he is an absolute freak of an athlete he is so dynamic he is fast he is quick you know get the ball in his hands he can score from anywhere yeah but the problem is is that that's not the case all the time i think Mm. he he reads blocks well and he's he's got solid contact balance yeah but he's not going to run over bigger defenders he's not going to be a guy that falls forward at the tackle point Yes, and then and then you come to the receiving game where it's it's basically non-existent. You know, yeah. he he saw twenty-eight targets in his final year, but that came yeah. it was thirteen point nine percent targets per route run rate, and that was a he had a minus point eight average depth of target. Like, yeah, <laughs> he he got some targets in his final year, but it was yeah. you know it was Derek Henry level targets. It was screens. It was dump offs. He wasn't being used. Yeah as a weapon mm-hmm. and I worry undersized electric but mm. c- can only play on one and two downs those kind of guys don't tend yeah. to stick around I think if he goes away and he comes back you know whether it be at the combine at the pro day and you know maybe maybe he's a guy that could break out in his you know second year once he's been had a year in the NFL yeah. but he needs to be a third down back that can can step into a larger role. And at the moment, I don't think he's got the receiving acumen to, to be that. Yeah. And I have to say, I apologize. It was Tajay Spears that Garrett Price was talking about, not Devon Chain. So it's Spears that he said is bulked up to over 200 pounds, not Devon okay. Chain. So yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. That is, that, cause... That's good, right? Yeah. I mean, it's look, we, there, there's the, the mystical 200 pounds of running back that gets know, thrown around. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not a believer in it. I'm happy that, you know, I think, elite prospects can be 190 pounds if you know they're elite um 
I worry whenever a player is putting on weight, is it going to affect their speed? And, you know, yeah. Tajay Spears, we said he's electric, he's, his agility is incredible. Once you start packing on the pounds, does that affect mm-hmm. it? It's, it's all about whether he can carry that speed with that extra weight. It's so weird for a guy that is so like electric. It's like, why are they just throwing ball? Like, why? Well, I, like, I don't just, think yeah. he's. I don't think he's a good enough route runner. I don't think he's a good enough yeah. handicapper. That he, yeah. you know, it's like Derek Henry. You watch him True. when when they try and get the ball to him. It is the most basic <laughs> of you're going to run and stand over there, yeah. and we're basically going to try and underarm it to you to get it to you in space. And yeah, yeah I'm being a bit harsh on Derek Henry. I'm probably being a bit harsh on Tajay yeah. Spears, but it's not far off that yeah. because he. He is not a natural hands catcher, and no, yeah, it's a shame because he could be an incredible three down back. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens to Spears, but yeah, definitely an interesting, interesting guy to look out for. So who who's going then right after him at two six? So I'm going Marvin Mims. Um, oh yeah. Look, I I can't get my head round. I seem to be so much higher on him than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's talking about him in the third round. Yeah, I I would probably take him a few picks earlier, but I know that I can take him here and get value basically. Yeah. Um. Yes, he's another undersized guy. We're talking five eleven, one seventy pounds, something like that. But he is fast. He is agile. He is a great route runner. He can create separation yeah. at will. He's not one of these undersized guys that you know has to get the ball in his hands. He's a good downfield threat. You know, you're talking. Mm-hmm. A dot over 15 yards every single year of career, averaged over 20 yards per reception in his final year. Wow. I really like him. I think his size will translate okay. Mm -hmm. He he didn't struggle physically in college. Um, I think he's got the potential to be under the radar and, you know, a a really interesting number two receiver. He's never going to be a high volume number one. But he's the kind of guy, particularly for, you know, in best ball, things like that, he could easily t- catch three, four catches for 100 yards and a touchdown. And, you know, he, he could win you weeks. And I, I, I really like the pro- profile. I really like the prospects. I get a little bit of the two to Atwell vibes. He's a little bit yeah. bigger than Atwell, but I do yeah. get that small, undersized, deep threat. And those, you know, those are the guys that I kind of can't quit whether it be KJ Hamler, whether it be Tito Atwell, I like them all coming yeah. out. I'm hoping Marvin Mims isn't that. He's a bit bigger. I think he's got a bit more to his game in terms of route run ability. But yeah, I really like him. I, I I can't quite work out why I'm so much higher than everyone else on him, it seems. Yeah, especially he just, he, he had like quietly kind of had like over a thousand yards last year as well. Like good, solid numbers. It just seems, whenever I watch Mims, it's like, this guy's a good player, right? He can't really go like, oh, he does that really badly or that really badly. It's like, nice. He was like a really solid, good player. So, yeah, you just hope that he gets an opportunity somewhere, really, so he can showcase that. Um, so hopefully he ends up somewhere good for him. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not mad at, at Mims there at, at 2-6. So who's who's coming in then at 2-7? At so we're going back to the tight end well. Um, Dalton Kincaid, I think. Yep, yep. The best, the best receiving tight end in the class. I think he's a fantastic yeah. route runner. You know, ex ex basketball player. We know we like those. Yeah. They translate well to the tight end position. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit concerned. I think he's basically an F. I I don't mm. think he can line up in line. I think it's going to be. Does he add enough value in the receiving game that he's potentially Mike Gesicki two years ago, not Mike Gesicki this last year? And I he's think that like that's a the problem. Yeah. 
Yeah, is that he's he's going to be a guy that's probably going to need to run out of the slot 60, 70, 80% of the time. He's not going to be able to line up and, you know, block defensive ends on the backside of run plays and things like that. That's not his game. So the team that drafts him, I hope they've got a plan. I hope that he's basically a big slot and not asked to go and yeah. be a tight end because that could really affect him. But yeah. I, there's a lot to like and, you know, Probably the best hands of anyone in this class. I don't think I, I saw him drop a ball at all in any of the games I watched. And it's, it's yeah, really, really impressive hands. Yeah, he had, um, I got the stat for that. I think he had nearly 100 reset our targets and dropped the ball twice. Yeah. All well, they like, like, that is unbelievable. And you just kind of wonder, see, see for guys like that on, on like Sleeper or, or MFL or whatever. So when are we going to start actually just taking the tight end label away from them? Like Mike Kosicki played, what, like 90 plus percent like of his snaps from the slot. Like that guy's not a tight end. Like he's a receiver. Yeah, I mean, it was it was ridiculous. I mean, Dalton Kincaid's a, a better blocker than Mike Kosicki. He, he will at least line <laughs> yeah. up there occasionally. But Mike Kosicki, yeah. the fact he was labeled a tight end is obscene because, yeah, yeah he was like 90 percent of reach run out of the slot he can't block yeah. like he he's just a big slot let's call him what he is there's yeah. he's you know mike Gazicki is essentially brandon marshall when he was on the jets <laughs> but I, I was wondering when you were going to bring up the jets rich we've got an hour in <laughs> the jets have felt like, come on get so, mentioned that's, that's at some good. point yeah absolutely so yeah don't uh yeah real like don't kid and and he's the kind of guy that he's going to go somewhere and they're not probably going to ask him to block too much the people know who don't Kincaid is so hopefully he'll get a couple of couple of nice you know receptions in his first year and, and work his way up from there. So we'll lock him in at two seven and who's coming in then at, at two eight. So next we're going Jalen Hyatt. Um yep. I've I've seen the hype on him be obscene. I've Ooh. seen him go 105, yeah. 106 in some of the mocks I've wow. recently. It's obscene. I think yeah, okay. He he was unbelievable this year, you know, talking twelve hundred yards, fifteen touchdowns. Yeah won the Belentikoff Award, like, incredible yeah. year. But this is a guy that broke out in his third year in college, yeah. is six foot, 175 pounds, and is basically a one-trick wonder. You know, hmm. I don't think... I think he's going to be useful from an NFL perspective, but I don't know how yeah. well that's going to translate to fantasy. I think he's, you know, he's fast, he's that deep threat, he's going to... Teams are going to have to shade a safety over the top of him. Which has yeah. got huge amounts of value in the NFL draft, mm -hmm. but I don't think that's going to have much value from a fantasy perspective. And I, I worry at that size. I think teams are going to be able to, you know, get up in his face and press him. And I don't think he's got the release package to, mm. to take hold. So yeah, at this point, why not? Why not take a flower on him? There's potential yeah. that he could work out, but there's no way I'm spending the first round pick on him. Yeah, you could be in danger of getting like, what's that guy's name? Jalen Guyton, right? The guy that just runs the length of the field for the Chargers every week. Like, just like, you run there, like, as fast as you can. You might get the ball once or twice, but yeah, not very often. Yeah, yeah, no, it, that's that's a really nice comp for him. I quite like that. Yeah, but yeah, hopefully he does a wee bit better than, than Jalen Guyton does. So let's let's move past Hyatt and, and go on to 2-9. Uh, who, who's getting picked here Two two point nine. Again, might might surprise a few people. I'm I'm going Deuce Vaughn, um, Ooh, okay. a, a guy that the model loves. Um, really, really impressive college career. Um, obviously at Kansas State, really, really good numbers. A, a true three down back. 
can do yeah. everything, you know, useful in the receiving game, create separation through good route running, natural change of pace to set up defenders, really impressive contact balance. He's a bowling ball of physicality. Yeah. Like everything about him. The problem is, is that he's five, 670 pounds. <laughs> so and, small. you know, he, he is small. And I worry that he's basically going to be limited to a complimentary back at the next level. But yeah, look, if, if we're betting on things at this point in the draft, I'm betting on production. I'm, I'm betting on a guy that has got traits that will translate and has got the potential upside, you know, yeah. have, have players succeeded at five, 680 pounds in the NFL. hundred percent. They have, have, you know, they failed. Yeah. But let's yeah. take a, a, a shot on a guy that's produced to an extreme level in college and could be a three down back. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to take him here. As I said, the model loves him. So let's take the fly. Yeah, he was a guy like five. I was like, how small? Because I remember when, when Jared Patterson came out, everyone made fun of him because he was like small. Right, it's like he's like two inches taller than Deuce Vaughn. So it's like, I don't know if people are going to tease Deuce Vaughn about that, right? But yeah, you're right. He is like, a bowling ball, you're right. I, I, he's another guy that's just this class is just filled with people that I just really like watching, right? There's a lot of yeah. fun players to watch, and, and Deuce Vaughn's definitely one of those guys. And yeah, I think he'll he'll definitely be there in, in the second round when it comes around to it. So he's an interesting guy to, to go yeah. grab. I mean, uh, so. th- there's some natural kind of like Ray Rice comps, you know. Ray Rice, I think, yeah. was like far, I'm doing this off the top of my head, so I'm probably getting it wrong, but I think he was like five seven one ninety. Like yeah, Juice yeah. Vaughn could easily weigh in at a similar number at the combine. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, you know, he, he is he is short, he is smaller, but he's not lacking the the mass. It's just the height, basically, yeah. is the issue. Yeah, and maybe he can find a way to use that to his advantage. Because yeah, the NFL, you're right, isn't full of five foot six players, and that could be an advantage. Like use that, like oh, people definitely... aren't used to tackling people that far down low. Like your pad height's gonna be perfect, but yeah. Yeah, there's definitely times you watch his film. There's definitely times where he's able to, you know, jump cut into a different lane and, and linebackers lose him behind the offensive yeah. line. It happens time yeah. and time again. You know, it, it's probably not some a skill that you want to rely on, but it, it does happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we got we got three picks left. Then who's who's coming in at pick uh, number ten of the second round? So pick ten, um, we're going Cedric Tillman. Um, I don't love contested catch receivers. I've probably, you know, I've banged on about route running time and time again. But if you want a big bodied outside receiver that specializes in contested catches, yeah, yeah, that, you know, Tillman's there. He excels at the catch point. He's got good size, good speed. He's got kind of decent wiggle. He is a long strider. So I think his root tree is limited by that fact um he's older you know five years in college he's going to be 23 by the time he gets in the nfl field yeah there's some things to love um but yeah i'm 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 slightly concerned that he's kind of a bit boom bust and at this point i basically don't like taking wide receivers but he's about one of the last one or two that that i take in this round yeah, and he he was injured last year for a lot of the year, right? Well, what, what, I can't remember what injury he he ended up getting, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's basically battled injuries 
his entire college career. It was only 2021 he played 12 games, mm. but other than yeah. that, he never played. He was never on the field for more than six games. So um, yeah, he's he's been often mm. injured and not around very much. Yeah, yeah. So well, he could he could end up doing something though. You're right. You're just shooting for upside at this stage as well, right? The back end of the second. So there's definitely some upside there with Tillman. So who's who's going to be the penultimate pick then of of round number two? So penultimate pick, we're going to go back to the running back. Well, um, Zach Evans, um, re- really not a mo- uh, model guy. Um, performed pretty awfully in that aspect, but yeah, you know. <sighs> I described him when, when we were doing the rookie previews as good but not great at everything. And that pretty mm. much is is him. He's he's just okay. I just constantly want more. Um, but yeah. you know, five star recruit. We know the NFL loves stuff like that. I think he's gonna get drafted probably on day two. Um, so yeah, at some point you you can't kind of pass up that that level of draft capital and, and value. It was my thing with Evans is he kind of struggled to hold down a college starting place, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so that's that, part of the issue with the model is that he, he doesn't yeah. have great stats. Yeah. So he's, he got pushed out, but was it Ken J. Miller kind of pushed him out? And then uh, Judkins as well this year kind of kept him, you know, a bit quieter. That would be my main concern is he ends up on a team and actually he just gets pushed out again. Like maybe it's like, it's just not enough, enough there, but. Like at this at this point, you know he's probably going to be gone at this point. I would say in most drafts, and I'm I'm yeah, maybe happy to take him take him here, but I, I don't want to take him much much higher than here actually. Yeah, so I think you're about right with that. And and who's who's rounding off the the draft then? I pick two twelve. So we're going to go Tank Bigsby. Um, yep. Again, probably another one that that might have already be off the board by this point in the draft. But yeah. Look, anytime you can get first team SEC honors as a freshman, I'm I'm going to yeah. listen. Um, really natural runner, impressive build, decent vision, decent kind of contact balance. Um, he does have a tendency to dance a little bit and slow his feet behind the line of scrimmage, which causes yeah. some concerns because, you know, yes, okay, left, left Bell was able to make a career out of that, but not many yeah. backs do, particularly a guy like him that's a, you know, a bigger, more physical runner. I think I'd rather see him mm-hmm. pick up speed and get going. Um limited in the passing game and that's probably why I'm lower than consensus on him because I think he profiles as a safe solid you know two down back that's that's probably never going to see more than like 20 30 targets in a even yeah. if he was the the lead back in an offense yeah I think you're definitely right that's the one thing that really stands out to me is this guy just doesn't stop like moving juking and ducking and dive like he's always like like moving about which I quite like but I mean if you're not careful, you're going to fumble the ball doing that in the NFL as well. So we kind of want to be a bit careful with that, I'd say, for Tank. But I think that's a great... You know, if you got Tank Bigsby at 212, you're absolutely dancing. Like, that is up, like, great value there. So, yeah, I think he's a really solid pick. And that that brings us to the end of, of our two-round draft. But we'll just maybe have a few names from you, Rich, that you think these are guys that maybe people are sleeping on and, and people might end up seeing them drop to the third or fourth rounds that you should be picking up. Is there any names that you want to shout out just before we sign off? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Chase Brown at Illinois, yeah. um, he's he's got the potential to be really good. Eric Gray has got some some concerns. There's some flaws in his game, um, basically, but really interesting profile, decent receiving work. 
Um, yeah. And then receiver Rashi Rice again could, yeah. could be a really interesting prospect. Those are those are probably three guys that I'm I'm looking to target that uh, early third round. I think could have some good value. Yeah, absolutely. Those those names keep coming up. Actually, I think a lot of time I ask people about sleepers, and those guys those guys keep coming up. So yeah, definitely keep keep your eyes peeled for for them coming. And and that's that's it. That is the end of our of our 2023 rookie mock draft. We've Wow, we've gone for wow, well over an hour. Thank you so much, Rich. That was absolutely brilliant. Um, could you just want to remind everybody where can they where can they find you online and, and what are you up to these days then before we go? Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. Um, really enjoyed talking talking rookies, as you could probably tell. I yeah. could talk all day about them. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, you can find me. I'm I'm on Twitter at Dynasty Island. Um, yeah, you you mentioned the YouTube work. Tom and I have have launched a YouTube channel. That's the Fantasy Sanctuary or the FF Sanctuary yeah. on YouTube and Twitter. Um, you find all my written work over at DLF, and then yeah, R- Rookie Guide version 2.0 will be released on the 10th of March. Um, you can you can buy a copy um, over at Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Island. Absolutely amazing! Yeah, if you like, you say if you've not checked it out, Rich and Tom do an absolutely amazing job over at the the Fantasy Sanctuary. Make sure you are subscribed up to that. And hey, if you're going to do that. Why not, why not subscribe here as well? If you made it this far in the video, right, definitely hit the thumbs up and, and the subscribe as well. That'll be absolutely brilliant. And Rich, just want to say thank you so much for, for coming on again. Great talking to you as always. And, and guys, as always, thank you so much for listening. Remember, for anything Dynasty you need to know, keep it locked in the Certified Inferno. And we'll see you next time.